Good day, Lighthouse family. It's a, a great Sunday today, and we are, again, you know, blessed because we are gathered together. And we thank God for this opportunity. I am blessed and privileged just to serve you uh, today. And I hope that you have readied your heart because I know the Lord is a great word for every one of us. And our pastors had opened uh, the new series, Christmas series, and last week, we were able to hear from our pastor. The word became flesh. And we know, you know, so much learning from the three pastors that uh, spoke last time. Pastor Chuck, uh, Pastor Albert, and Pastor Jojo. It was amazing time of refreshing and to learn, you know, from the Lord through these pastors. And uh, uh, I was reminded, you know, how powerful God's word and God's uh, message to Pastor Chuck when he started the uh, uh, church, you know, the Lord spoke to him 30 years ago that he must plant church and plant now. And he obeyed. And now we celebrated the 30 years. Now we thank God for that beautiful word and it continued to grow in our lives, in our community. And we know that we will be, you know, thriving because Jesus said, you know, his church he will build. And the gates of hell will not prevail. That's why we are confident that in many years to come, you know, the Lord will be with us and he will continue to create great things through our community. You know, quick lesson from that, my dear brothers and sisters in the Lord. You know, allow the Lord to speak into your lives. Because when you allow the Lord to speak into your life, you know, it will, it's so powerful, it shall happen. That's why open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit into the Lord. Because when the Lord speaks to your life, you will be changed and you will be transformed. And my share of this series is about this topic called The Greatest from the Smallest. Christmas series, a lesson from Bethlehem. We get to hear about Bethlehem, you know, uh, in songs, in stories, in narratives, but today we want to dig in uh, deeper to this message about Bethlehem. What are the lessons that we can learn from this and how we can apply this into our lives, into our practical living? It is important for us to see the whole narrative of the beauty of the coming of Jesus Christ. And today we'll focus on Bethlehem. For us to be able to understand this, it's important to get to know a little bit about Bethlehem. Of course, it is a small town. Somebody said it's like a village because it's too small. And if you'll see, you know, in the map, you know, it's just a tiny portion of Israel. But the name speaks, you know, of its beauty. The word Bethlehem means house of bread. And maybe because of the things that you can find inside Bethlehem, but the Arabic word means house of meat. Surprisingly and interestingly, you know, one place but different perspective from the people who visited that place. But one thing for sure, Bethlehem is so significant, you know, because probably of the produce that it gives to different towns. That's why it's called Bethlehem, a house of bread or a house of meat. Many said that, you know, scholars will say it's so strategic. The location is so strategic that it has even military advantage because of its uphill 
uh, location. But one thing that you will notice as you study about Bethlehem, it has unique resource or resources. It's small, but very unique. The geography will tell you that it has fertile soil. The, that's why maybe it's called the house of bread because many are, you know, being produced in that place. But it also has assets. It's called aquifer. You know, it's a place where they get fresh water that you can drink. Uh, around those are not fresh, not, not, not that fresh water. So potable water is coming from Bethlehem. That's why it's unique. It's beautiful. But one thing special about Bethlehem, maybe that's the reason why it became famous, it became great, because the Word of God spoke about that place. Again, no, we are being reminded the Logos. The Word is so important. If it speaks to you, if it is a prophetic word for you, it will happen into your life. So be excited about that. As we end the year, as we start the year, a few weeks from now, you know, ask the Lord, Lord, speak to my life. Because once the Logos spoke to your life, it will happen. And today, we will study the words of God towards Bethlehem and what we can learn from that. So I want you to open your Bible in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. This is the spoken word towards Bethlehem. And later, we will ask the Holy Spirit to teach us the lesson from this text. It says there, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Let us all bow our heads and just ask the Lord to speak to our lives today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us this opportunity to learn from you. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. That's why we open our hearts, our mind, our spirit to you, Lord. Speak into our lives. Make this a fruitful heart and a soil that will bear fruit, Lord, as you speak to our lives. Illuminate, Lord, the things that you want us to know so that it will change us, transform us. Father, we receive your word today. And as a preacher, Father, I ask that you will just anoint me. Allow me to speak your word, not mine, so that only your words will be spoken. Because that word will transform each one's life. So Lord, today we thank you and we honor you and we receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about this text, you know. And we know how the Lord, you know, as he spoke about Bethlehem, it had happened. That's why today, if you will look at Bethlehem, uh, we know it became an epicenter of greatness. Pilgrims go there to have spiritual encounters and, you know, experience a little bit of God's movement in their life. You know, they have that kind of faith. And I know some of you were able to visit Bethlehem. I, I hope I will be able to do so as well uh, in the timing of the Lord. But we know it's so famous now 
that it communicates about God's love and God's movement. It became famous. It happened. The spoken word of God towards this place became a reality. In fact, we know the history, you know, that uh, during the time of the apostle and then more Christians, uh, Christianity continued to grow. And we knew that the mother of Constantine uh, created a church in that place. They call it Church of Nativity. And now that's the picture. Uh, I got this from Google, you know, but that's the picture that they said the birth happened. Christ's birth happened in that place. So let's learn from this. What can we learn? What can we draw from the story of Bethlehem, from the narrative of Bethlehem? I want to talk about this. How does small become great? Lessons from Bethlehem. And as we look at this narrative of Bethlehem, we can learn some lessons that we can apply to grow our spiritual lives and at the same time to grow our uh, faith as well. So we'll talk about this, and I have four principles that will be helpful as we study about Bethlehem. How did it become so great? So let us learn. Ready your ballpen or probably your cell phone. Take photo of this so that there's something that you can review after this. First principle as I study the narrative of Bethlehem. Bethlehem's greatness was built by moments. You see, when God spoke, you know, through the prophetic word in Micah, you know, spoke about Bethlehem and how it will become uh, so important in the history, it did not happen just like that. It was built by moments. It took some time. That's why if you look at the next verse in Micah chapter 5 verse 3, Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. So the picture that was used was a laboring a woman, you know, giving birth. And we know how important each moment in a laboring woman. Each month, each day is important so that it can bring birth to a son or to a, a child. In the same way, Bethlehem did not become famous or great instantly. It took moments. That's why one of the learnings that we can have here, you know, if you want to experience greatness, which God wants us to experience, because He's a great God and He wants us to accomplish a lot for His glory. It is important for us that greatness, to know that greatness is built by moments. That so you have to use time and you have to convert time into something relevant. And for me, it is important to know the, the different kinds of moments. It can be Kronos, it can be Kairos, or Ionos. What are the difference? Kronos is the, the time that just goes by. It's the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know, it's, it's happening chronologically. And every one of us experience Kronos, you know, because today... It's December 13, tomorrow it will be 14, and then 15. That's what you call chronos. And each one of us experienced that. But we can 
make use of time. That's what you call kairos. Make an opportunity about the time that is passing. You convert it to something good. You use it so that your life will be uh, blessed or your life will have productivity. That's what you call kairos. But the most important thing is ionos, which is the time that we use to change eternity. It's God's time. And for you to be able to create greatness, you have to use the time that is passing, which is you have to make it relevant in God's time. You know, the example that I can use is that, you know, this time is pandemic time. And we know that it's chronos. It's chronological. It's happening. But what is kairos? Some of us, you were able to make an opportunity of this time. Marami po sa atin, nagbenta ng face mask. For me, that will call kairos. Why? Because you made an opportunity out of that time. Not all uh, earned from that. Not all thought about that. But some were able to maximize that time. That's kairos. But, Ionos, you know, I remember a, a story of one of our members, one of our brothers, you know. He sold, they sold face masks. And what they did, the proceeds of that, they bought some supplies and fed the people, the, the, the jeepney drivers in one of the uh, cities here and then shared God towards them. For me, that's what you call Ionos. Because he used that time so that you can change eternity. So when you use time and apply it so that eternity will be changed, that's the best use of time. And I, my prayer is that you will use these moments that are passing and change eternity when you use the moments that you have. And as we look at, you know, the narratives of uh, Bethlehem, the first instance that uh, it was mentioned is in this Genesis chapter 35, verse 16 to 17. It says there, Then they journeyed from Bethel. And when they were still some distance from Ephrat or Bethlehem, Rachel went into labor and she had hard labor. And when her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for your, you have another son. What, what an interesting uh, instance wherein the first mention of Bethlehem was Rachel giving birth to Benjamin. It's interesting. And the midwife somehow said about, do not fear for you will have another son. Surprisingly that, you know, the first instance of Bethlehem's uh, passage is giving birth. Maybe God is putting something there. I don't know. But it's just that, you know, God is putting in his timeline some uh, points to remember so that it will lead us to the real purpose of Bethlehem. And for me, as I look and study about Bethlehem, this one thing that I uh, like, moments can turn into momentum. If you use your time wisely, and allow it to be part of God's time, it will create a momentum. And after that, it will create something great in your life 
that you'll be surprised how the Lord used your little time, your moments, into something grand. So the first thing that you must understand, Bethlehem's greatness was built by moments. The second thing is, Bethlehem's greatness was enriched by the mission. As I studied the word and look at, you know, where Bethlehem was mentioned, you'll see that there's something special about Bethlehem. It produced a judge. In Judges 12, 8 to 9, it says there, if you can read this with me, After him, Ibsan of Bethlehem judged Israel. He had 30 sons and 30 daughters. He gave in marriage outside his clan. And 30 daughters he brought in from the outside for his sons. And he judged Israel seven years. Then Ibsan died and was buried at Bethlehem. So one of the judges in the history of Israel came from Bethlehem. There's something about Bethlehem that it produced a leader. In fact, if you look in another text, Nehemiah chapter 7 verse 26, some of the people who helped Nehemiah build the wall, who went back and bring up again the temple with Ezra, are the men from Bethlehem. So Bethlehem produced a kind of people. Maybe the environment, I don't know. Maybe the culture that they have inside, the, the way they talk, you know, to each other. That's why it, it's a good breeding ground for great people. One of the learnings that we can embrace there is that, you know, environments is very important. But they are driven. All of them were driven by mission. And one of the practical things that you can learn is that if you are driven by the mission, by the kingdom of God, there's, that's, that's something that will make you great as a person. Not to boast, but to live a productive life you, when you are driven by mission. That's why Pastor Chuck reminded us last week about, you know, and Pastor Albert and Pastor Jojo that we're not here just to, you know, be in our own zone. But we're here to be a blessing to other people. A sense of mission. Maybe the, the word house of bread that you have, you know, a resource that you can share to other people. That's why a question to ask yourself is this. As you move forward in the coming years and as you end this year, what's your mission? Is your mission personal? Is your mission just for your company or are you driven and enriched by the mission of God in your life? That made Bethlehem great. And I hope let the Holy Spirit also speak to you. What kind of mission are you embracing? And then the third, Bethlehem's greatness was seasoned by memories. It's interesting. The stories that you can dig that is related about Bethlehem. And we know the story. You know, I was looking at the lineage of Jesus and I, I realized you know, how important Bethlehem and the people who live in Bethlehem. Let's start with Ruth, the gentle woman who became a lover of God because uh, her mother-in-law, you know, became widow and she needed to help. And, you know, she was being thrown away by mother-in-law, but she was so faithful not only to her mother-in-law, but faithful to God that 
as she obeyed and did her part, you know, in their family, she became the Lola, the grandmother, you know, the ancestor of David's line. Their love story uh, became uh, prominent in the land of Bethlehem with Boaz. And we know, you know, and for me, that's the foundation. Memories are important because it gives you lesson. And roots, experience, and memories will really allow you to, uh, will give you wisdom that, you know, God really loves Gentile. And Gentiles can be part of God's uh, big design of salvation. It's important, memories can create wisdom. But it's not all good. We know Jesse, that uh, the, the father of David, I would say that those are failure memories. When Jesse, you know, did not recognize the plan of God for his son, David, others recognized it, God recognized it, but Jesse, being a dad, did not see it. And for me, you can also draw lessons from that. Those memories are important. Of course, we don't want that to happen to us. But those are important because it will build you up. You can learn something from there. And of course, the story about David. Uh, David grew up in uh, Bethlehem and we know the fervor that he had. You know, he learned shepherding there. He learned so many stuff. He sang song for God there. The favor also was experienced there. So it's important for us to look at this narrative, these memories, because these memories will build a person, a nation. And one thing that you can learn from this is that your memories, those experiences that you had, will help you form this greatness that you can develop in your life as you allow the Lord to move with you and, you know, cooperate in His plan, I believe these are important things that we should remember. And of course, the last, Bethlehem's greatness was transformed by the Master. And I think that's the most special factor. Because all those three stuff that we have discussed principles that we have shared, those are important. But what made Bethlehem, even though it was so small, it became great because it was transformed by the master. The master resided for a moment there. It was touched by the master. It was visited by the master. That's why it became great. Look at this, Micah 5.2 again. I'll speak this to you. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be a ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Now, there was a prophetic word for uh, Bethlehem. And again, because God's word is so powerful, it happened. If you will look at Luke chapter 2, verse 15 to 16, it says there, when the angel went, Away from there into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see these things that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby 
lying in a manger. Wow! After many years, it happened. Let God speak to you. Because many of us, God spoke into our lives. He spoke vision. He spoke dreams into our lives. And sometimes we weary. Will it happen? When God said it, be sure it will happen. But of course, in His time. Why? Because God is so powerful. You know, as you look at these verses, the next verses will explain why the Lord has the power to turn something small into a great thing. Because He's our Master. He's the Lord who can turn things into extraordinary masterpiece. Why? Look at this. The next verse in Micah. And He shall stand and shepherd His flock in the strength of the Lord. In majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And he shall be their peace. So if you will look at this and study these verses. Two verses, four and five. You will understand what kind of Lord is God. That's why, you know, if you speak the word, it will happen. One, because we know he's a trustworthy Lord. He was described as a shepherd. You know, as a shepherd, you will always think of the health of your sheep. Ako po ay merong, uh, ang tawag na, pusakal. Pusakal ba ang tawag doon? <laughs> you know, yung pusang gala, pusang kalye. And, you know, it, it just so happened that it went to our house. And, uh, you know, we gave little, I gave little food and stuff like that. And then, you know, it so happened that it, he, he came every day, every day. And now, I feel like even though he's a stray cat, I feel like he, it's, he's a pet to me. And, uh, you know, sometimes Sister Jane or Jane will tell it to me, you know, uh, because I will tell it to her that, you know, do, do we have food for Mao? We call her, we call it Mao. No? And then uh, he will tell, she will tell me, Ah, you're in love now with Mao. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not good shepherd. Uh, I, I don't even, I don't even uh, categorize myself as a, a pet lover. But, you know, how much more God, who is the great shepherd, he takes care. He wants the sheep to be well. That's why when he speaks to our lives, he, was, he, need, he, he likes the best intention of our lives. He's a trustworthy Lord. He's an outstanding God. He's so good. He's so powerful. All-knowing. Always present. That's why you can trust Him. Even small, He can turn into something great because He is a powerful God. And of course, He's a peaceful God. I always talk about this. Shalom. He brings completeness into our life. What is lacking, He puts, you know, uh, the necessary things so that it will be complete. That's what you call peace. And He has that power to do that in our lives. I don't know what you feel missing in this, in this moment, but He is the God of peace. He's the God of shalom. That's why whatever is missing, God can complete it because He's the kind of Lord 
He's trustworthy, outstanding, and peaceful. That's why as we study the narrative of Bethlehem, it was small, but it became great. And we saw the narratives of the gospel that the wise men visited Bethlehem because of the transformation, because it was visited. You know, the, the king of kings was born in that place. Shepherd visited that. And I, I, as I look at the practical side of this, a person who is great, who's obedient to God, who's willing to serve the Lord, wise men will visit them. Shepherds will visit them. But one thing I realize, if you are doing great, you'll also be envied by crooked kings. Correct? That will happen to you. No? When you're doing what is right, when you're doing what is great, I guarantee you, someone crooked will try to attack you. You just have to be aware and be prepared because it will happen as well. Because we know in the story of Bethlehem, Herod was so angry and he envied, you know, what, what the king will happen, what will happen to the king of kings and lord of lords. He tried to uh, kill, or actually he killed all the two years old below, you know, just to stop the plan of God. But again, the plan of God will prevail and it did. So as I conclude in this message, my friend, what are the things that we can learn in the narrative of Bethlehem? These are the things that I saw, but I know the Lord can speak to us in many ways. And maybe in the, in the, at this point, the Lord is really speaking to you in a different way. But these are the lessons that we can embrace and learn and bring home you know, as we continue to grow in our faith. Just like Bethlehem, our lives, though small, became, become great when they are best. One, when they are built by moments. Just like Bethlehem. Allow moments to grow and make an opportune, uh, opportunity out of time. And use the time for God's kingdom. That's how greatness is built. Second, enrich by mission. Not only by a mission, but by the mission. Let your life be driven by the kingdom of God and the purposes of God. And that will unfold new things, new dimension in your life. And then the third, can you read this? Season by memories. Our life can become great even though it's small when it's seasoned by memories memories. Treasure the memories that you are having. Those are important. The good, the bad, and everything on it because you will gain wisdom from that. And the last, our lives, though small, become great when they are transformed by the master. The greatest factor to greatness in the kingdom of God is when you allow your life just like Bethlehem, to be of service unto the Lord. That is greatness. And I know you're doing that. And I know you desire that. So allow the Lord to speak to you today. Maybe you're here, and as we conclude, you, know, you, meet, you need this reminder. 
God can turn a small thing into a great thing. Can you tell it to your family member? Come on, say it to one another. God can turn a small thing into a great thing. Allow the Lord to just brew that in your heart. Because maybe He's speaking to you. And maybe you feel small today. You feel like, you know, all these happenings that are, you know, you experience around, it's making you small. You feel like your, your story now is, you know, your life now is being crushed. But God has a great plan for you. That's why every Sunday we speak about the Word of God because to remind you, to tell you that God has a great plan for you. And maybe you don't experience it now. But God is doing something in the background. Just allow your faith to grow. Allow moments to pass and make opportunity of that. And I guarantee you, soon enough, you will experience the plan of God in your life. Just like Bethlehem, he can turn something small into something great. Maybe you're praying, you know, will this work? Some of you, you are already in the verge of that, you know, that you are praying, God is speak something into your life. God gave you a small solution, but you don't know if it will be big. Why don't you allow the Lord to transform you? If you allow the Lord to transform you, that will open up greatness in our lives. And be reminded, my dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, the best is yet to come. Just allow time to pass by. Allow the moments, you know, for us to be transformed by the Lord. And I guarantee you, the best is yet to come. My friend, these are good prayers as we come into the end of the year and we allow the hope and faith to grow in us. Let this be a prayer of our hearts. That God will descend into our hearts and that He will be able to fulfill His great plan for our lives I want you to bow down your heads as we close and ask God to speak to us to touch us, transform us as we end this message let us pray maybe you're here my, my brother and my sister you're watching right now and you feel like you're small that your life is being crushed into a small thing but I want, you to, I want to tell you today that God has a great plan for you. He has the capacity to turn something small into something great. If you will just allow Him to transform you. And if that's your prayer, I want you to you know, just join me in this prayer and allow the Lord to touch your life today. And if, you, if it's okay with you, you can bow down and just touch your heart by your hand. And let us pray and come in faith towards our Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We can sense, O oh God, that your spirit is moving mightily in our life. You are reminding me of how your plan is unfolding. And today, I ask you, O oh God, that you will touch our lives. You will transform me today. Because I believe your great plan for me. So Lord, today, would you allow faith to rise up? 
Allow confidence, Lord, to rise up in my heart so that I will have this capacity to believe your great plan. Thank you, Lord, that even though my life is small, you can transform it and change it to something great and you can use it for your glory. So, Father, my prayer today is that you will descend in my heart. You will abide in me so that I'll be able to live according to your plan and be used for your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Wherever you are, would you just lift up your hands as we close and bless your family in this moment. Let us pray. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and let Him be gracious to you. And may the Lord give you peace. Transform our small lives into something great for His glory. May the Lord bless you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.